Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. Amen. Amen. With that, I'm going to ask you to stand back up, and I have a very short passage for you this morning. I'm going to keep it really, really short. I want you to go with me to the book of Genesis, chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. This is after God has created the heavens and the earth and everything in it. He created man. He created woman. If you have it, say amen. Amen. And if you need a little bit more time, say, Pastor, I don't know where Genesis is. No, don't say it. Don't let anybody know you don't know Genesis. Genesis, the first book of our Bible. And it says this, Genesis 2, 1 through 3. It says, thus the heavens and the earth were finished. And all of the hosts of them... And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, from all that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day, and he made it holy, because on it he rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, my God, for this word that you have given. Father God, I pray, Lord, that as you preach it to me, Father God, that it may be preached to your people, Father God. Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you be on my lips, my God, that this may not be me, but from you, Father. And I pray that we would open our hearts and our minds to receive what it is that you have for your people. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. And if we have anybody here this morning, especially our leadership, man, I would love for you guys to stay in here. Don't leave. Don't go to the restroom. Y'all are like Layla sometimes. Man, we, we, we get to a restaurant, and she's like, I need to go to the restroom. And I'm like, how do you need to go to the restroom? Like, if you were out playing, you wouldn't be asking to go to the restroom. But she swears by it. So don't, don't need to get up and go to the restroom. Stay, stay here. I, I got a word. God has a word for you this morning. Amen. And, and I don't, I don't want to complicate anything this morning. Not that I usually think that I complicate things, but I, I, I have a very simple, very direct Word straight to the point. And these past several weeks, God has really had to teach me this. And so now I want to share it with you. And I'm excited to preach. It's been about two weeks since I preached to my to my family. And I enjoy preaching elsewhere and ministering elsewhere. I, I love it. There's just nothing like being at home. Amen. So I'm ready to preach God's word this morning. You know, June has been, and we're in July now, but June was probably the busiest month um, of the year for me personally. Very busy. I don't know if anybody else is busy. Anybody in a busy season right now? Anybody you just can't catch a break? Who needs a vacation? Amen. Who just came back from vacation and you need another vacation? Amen. Yes, praise God. Busy. We're busy. And June has been one of those months... I officiated four weddings in June. And I just want I just want to know why y'all be getting married in June in Houston. Okay. And I want to know even more why you have those weddings outside. Like ain't, ain't no ain't nothing pretty about that, man. But I have four four weddings I officiated, two in one weekend. Uh, I gave a I gave a leadership seminar a few weeks ago. That was that was awesome. And then the week after, I preached at a at a conference. And then that same week, I preached two messages to to the youth. And um, and and then to top it all off, man, I finally decided to go back to school and pursue my doctorate. And Amen. Let's not celebrate yet. It's going to be a long journey. <laughs> but uh, it's been a very very busy 
June. And I don't say all of this so that you can be like, so I can be like, look at me, look at how busy I am. Because I know we're all busy. I know y'all are busy. I know, man, I look at people like Pastor Brandon, man. Sometimes Pastor Brandon works 12 hours a day, six, sometimes seven days uh, a week. And, and, uh, and, and it, we're, we're all busy. We're, we're just, we have busy schedules. Like that's how we are in America. We're fast paced society. We need things done now because we don't like to wait for things. And we don't like to jump on customer service calls because don't they know I have places to be? We don't like to wait in line because man, we have things to do. Even my daughter, man, she's six years old and she's got plans. She's got a schedule, like she's got horse lessons, she's got gymnastics, she's got these random play dates. The other day, I asked her if she wanted to do something, she said, I got plans. I was like, with who? (laughs) We're all busy. We're all busy. And you know what? I think we like it. I think we like to live in our own controlled version of chaos because it just makes things more interesting for our lives. And it also gives us a sense of purpose when you have things to do. You don't really like not doing anything. You like being needed. And so when you're busy, it feels like you're being needed. And so we like to be busy. But here's what I learned that God has made explicitly clear in the Bible. I don't know why we don't pay attention to it more often. Rest is important. Rest is Somebody say Sabbath. Sabbath. That's the title of my message this morning. Again, very simple to the point. Sabbath. You're probably waiting for something very profound this morning, but this is very, very, sometimes the most simplest of messages need to be preached because they don't, they don't get the FaceTime uh, needed a, a lot of times in church because we just assume everybody knows it. But how many of us can actually say we know how to rest in a godly way? Shabbat is, is the Hebrew word for rest, and it literally means to cease and desist. It means to stop. It means to take a break. It means to rest. We need to learn how to rest, church. We need to learn. We need, I heard somebody say one time, if you don't learn how to slow down, life will force you to slow down. Because you will burn out. You will quit. You will stumble. You will get sick. You'll have a heart attack. Because we weren't designed to always be going. And some of the men in the house aren't going to be taking this word. Very nicely. Pastor, I got to work, Pastor. You going to pay my bills, Pastor? No, sir, I'm not. (laughs) I can't just stop. I can't just be taking days off. I can't just be taking vacations. I can't just be taking naps. I can't just sit down and do nothing. Even on my off days, I got to be active. I got to do something because rest is for the weak. No, rest glorifies God. Rest Rest is a form of worship because it honors God's Design, Just like we get up here and we say giving is a form of worship, so is rest. You think God needed to rest on day seven? You think he needed to rest? You think he got to day seven? Then, man, oh, that, that took a lot out of me. Let me take a break. You think God needed to rest? No, he did it so that he would set the example for humanity so that we would rest. Just like Jesus, when he got baptized, he didn't get baptized so that he can cleanse himself of his sins. He did it, the word says, to, uh, uh, to accomplish all righteousness. To set the tone, to set the example for us. And rest is a form of worship. It's also a gift. Jesus said it himself. He said, Sabbath was made for men. And I want want you to leave here today knowing that rest is a way to honor God. We miss the mark when it comes to rest. Some of your spouses might be nudging you right now, telling you, babe, see, pastor said we got to go on vacation. 
and, and, and for sure, I am, you guys already know, I'm a huge advocate for vacation, man. I take at least two times a uh, vacation, sometimes three, sometimes four vacations a year. I, I love vacation, and I think it's important, but that's not the, qual- that, that's not, that's not the point that I'm making here. Rest, there, there is a qualitative aspect to rest, meaning, meaning that it's possible to rest and have your rest be wasted. See, because think about it. When you give, you're being taken from. You are expending energy. You are giving your time. You are giving, you are giving your strength. You are giving energy. You are giving your money. That's what work is. It is energy. And just like you can work inefficiently, you can rest inefficiently. Work is where you pour out. Rest is where you get poured into. And if the quality of the substance that is in your cup is not up to par, what you begin to give will be subpar. My wife, who's actually, she's, she's sick this morning. She and Layla, pray for her. She wasn't feeling good yesterday. And this morning she was like, I, I don't want to get anybody sick. So she's not, she's not with us today. But um, she's also in school. And she's gonna, she'll be graduating next May with her master's. She's, she'll, be a, she'll be a licensed professional counselor. I'm, I'm proud of her. And, and sometimes, she's not here, so I'm going to say it. Uh, sometimes, sometimes she gets, she, huh? Yeah, she probably is. Sometimes she gets, we all do, okay? She gets a little behind on her reading. Because we're busy. We got things to do. And sometimes schoolwork, especially when you're a, a wife, when you're a, a parent, that kind of takes the back seat. And so sometimes she'll get behind on her reading, but she knows that she's got an assignment due that's based on what she was supposed to read. And so she'll be freaking out and she'll go upstairs. She'll go out by her. She'll go by herself and she'll start to study. And, and I'm left with, with the girls with, you know, Ellie's, I mean, Layla's fine. Ellie's the one that's a little bit more, you know, she, she can, she can, yeah, she, she's a, she's a blessing. We'll just say that. <laughs> And so sometimes I'll go upstairs and I'll, and I'll tell her, babe, just, just wing it, you know, like you'll be all right. You know, your professor's probably not even going to read it. And, and she, she's like, no, I'm not going to do that. That's a disservice to myself as a disservice to my future clients. She takes it super seriously. And, and then she says, because, because I'm not going to put on my work something that I haven't received. It's going to, it's going to reflect poorly on what I didn't actually pour into myself. And a lot of times, that's the way that we live our lives. We just wing it. Who's winging it this morning? Don't raise your hand. You're just winging it. You're just winging that parent life. You're just winging that spouse life. You're just winging that, that spiritual life. You're just getting up every day. And you're just seeing where, where everything just falls. You're winging it. And you're exhausted. You're tired. You're running on fumes. There's nothing left for you to give, but you still try. And oftentimes when this happens, we end up giving people the worst versions of ourselves because we're not our best because we haven't taken a moment to refuel. This is why you, this is why you can't get eight hours. You can get eight hours of sleep and still wake up feeling tired. Don't I know it? This is why you can take a vacation and come back still feeling tired. It's all about the quality of the rest that you're receiving. Now, more specifically, we're obviously talking about God, right? We're at church. We're talking about Jesus. We're talking about God. We're talking about God honoring output 
as well as God honoring input. If, if when you rest, all you're doing is filling your cup with TV, social media, video games. I don't know what it is you do. But, but when do you find time for God to fill you? At church, pastor. To have a high quality spiritual output, you need to have a high quality spiritual input. And so if you've been running low on patience, like sometimes I do, you need to let God fill you with patience. If you don't know what type of decisions to make, you need to let God fill you with wisdom. God's word doesn't say when you're lacking answers, ask and I will give you the answer. It says when you're lacking in wisdom, ask and I will give you the wisdom. We want to bypass the wisdom and ask for the answer without doing the work of resting in God and hearing from him. If, if you're struggling to get into worship at church and it's, it's, it's a hassle for you, maybe it's because you're working extra hard to get there because you haven't created an atmosphere of worship and resting with God at home when you're not at church. We can't expect to just, ha- you know, uh, have these, these things all the time when we're running on empty. Mm. And Mark, I want to take you to Mark real quick. Mark 3, 13 through 15. Mark 3, 13 through 15. This is when Jesus was calling his disciples. It says, and when he went up to the mountain and called to them those whom he desired, they came to him. And he appointed 12 whom he also named apostles so that they might be with him and he might send them out to preach and have authority to cast out demons. So when Jesus chose his 12, it was to disciple them, right? The youth learned what that word disciple means at youth camp. What does it mean? Come on, guys. <laughs> I was like 50 of you up there. Not one of y'all know. Learn. They know they're shy. They're just shy. It means learn. The word disciple means learn. To be a disciple of Jesus means to be a learner of Jesus. And so what is required of learning? Humility. Listening. Observing. Taking some notes. Being open to the possibility that your way of thinking is wrong. Ooh, not that one, Pastor. Take that one off. No, that one too. Jesus wanted to shape his disciples by pouring into them. So that they would be effective in their pouring out of others. I'm going to say that again, just in case you missed it. Jesus wanted to shape disciples to pour into them so that they would be effective in their pouring out to others. And so all through the three years of of Jesus' ministry, they would work and then they would rest. They would work and then they would rest. They would work and then Jesus would say, hey, let's withdraw for a second. Let's get away from all the crowds. Let's go to a place of solitude and let's rest. Mark 6 says uh, after the disciples all came back from ministering for weeks in the cities, Jesus says, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest. If you're not resting, you're not refilling. And if you're not resting with God... You're not being filled with the things of God. God wants you to spend quality time with him. I'm reading this word. I'm reading this book right now. And the author makes a really great point. And when I read it, it was kind of a, uh, Pastor Danny says in the Spanish, uh, in the Spanish service, un, un cachetada, a spiritual slap. 
He said, he said, doing for God is not the same thing as being with God. Doing for God is not the same thing as being with God. A lot of times we conflate the two, and I have, I've done it. And I would tell God, God, I'm, I'm a pastor. I mean, I do things for you all the time. I'm on call all the time. I got my phone with me. Three o'clock in the morning, sometimes I answer it. I'm, I teach. I preach. Before I wasn't doing worship all the time, I was saying, God, I do worship every week, and then I preach. I do so much for you. Sometimes God just wants to be with you. He just wants to be with you. He just wants some. I was telling, I was telling some guys a few weeks ago, men, you know, a lot of times we, we, we justify our crazy work schedule by telling our families, I'm doing this for you. I'm working this hard for you. I'm working out of town all the time so that you can have provisions, so that you can have food on the table, so that you can have a roof over your head. I'm doing this for you. I, I bet that your spouse would much rather have you than the work that you do. And Mark tells us that Jesus called his disciples that they might be with him. With him, implying presence. The disciples were to work with Jesus, but they were also expected to rest with Jesus. And a lot of times we do work for, for Jesus. We think about it like it's any other job. You know, we, 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 clock, we clock in, we clock out, and then we leave the presence of God. We minister for a little bit and then we clock out. But the rest that you take with God is just as important as the work that you do for God. I want to tell you leaders that this morning as well, because I know, man, we got, we got some busy schedules. I know that we do a lot. I know that we want to have an active ministry. I know that we want to, we want, we want to keep up. We don't want people to get, we don't want people to get bored. And I remember when, when, when COVID happened, I remember we had a meeting with all the leaders because we, weren't, we were going to be closing down for a little bit. And, and we didn't want people to, to kind of you know, lose uh, the animal, right? Lose that hope, lose that fire. So we we're like, okay, what can we do so that people can stay engaged? Sometimes it's not about what you do for God. Sometimes it's just about being with him. And some of you have maybe forgotten about that because you're just always on the go, 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 doing four, 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 but you never take a minute to just rest with God. Can I be real with you for a second? Like real, real. Not that I'm never, not that I'm being fake other times. You got to be careful when you're a pastor, man, because some people are like, Pastor, what do you mean about that by, by being real? Are you you're not real the other times? No, I'm just <laughs> real, real. Personal, I'll say that. Let me be personal with you. Recently, I had, I had been feeling emotionally depleted emotionally, just tired. And out of that tiredness, easily frustrated. And out of that frustration, easily agitated and irritated. And I don't, I don't, I don't say this to complain, but I'm going to say it because it was what I was thinking. Pastors are always expected to check on other people, but people aren't expected to check in with pastors. I don't, don't feel pity, okay? I'm not, I'm not asking for that, but I'm just I'm saying this is what I was going in my mind. I was emotionally depe uh, depleted. And so sometimes I would wake up, man, and I would, I would feel obligated to do any type of work, but specifically work for God. There was even some Sundays, I shared this with, with our leadership in an email. 
I said, sometimes on Sundays I've shown up and just seen this as a place of work rather than a place of worship. Me, that's, that's me personally. And I didn't know where this was coming from because you know what? Every single day, I don't miss a day. Every single day I wake up and I spend time with my father. Every day. I spend time in the word. I, I spend some time in prayer. I, I begin every day. It's, it's called coffee. Coffee with the Lord at my house. That's what it's called. Coffee with the Lord. Because Melissa, Pastor Melissa doesn't drink coffee, so I have to get it with Jesus. So I do that every morning before the family wakes up. Have my, sip of co- my, my, my drink of coffee. Actually, my whole pot. I fill up the whole thing. And, and I just sit and I just commune with God. But even with that, it wasn't in the context of rest. It was in the context of this is what I do before my work day. And so I had just been feeling emotionally tired. And thankfully, I knew that something was wrong and something needed to change. And I'm so grateful for the convicting and discerning power of the Holy Spirit who said, Ryan, you need to get together. Something's wrong. You can't be given when you're empty. You can't be preaching when you have nothing to, to, to fill your cup. You can't do that. And so I, I really thought about it and prayed about it. And I realized that I, I had not rested. I had not rested. And, and, and the thing is, I, I thought I was resting. I thought I was resting because when I, when I first became a pastor, I committed to make my, my Mondays my Sabbath. Mondays was going to be my day where I just spent time with the family and I just, I just relaxed and just, just rested. That was, that, was my, that was my intentions. But then as time went on, I got busier. And as I got busier, I just dumped the other work on my Mondays. And so all I did was make my Mondays my non-church-related work days. So Mondays I would, I would start, I would work on, you know, I'd work on real estate. I would, work on, I would work on getting all these errands that I couldn't get done during the week. All of that would be on my Monday, and I was thinking that I was resting. I was, I was devoting my Mondays to, to something else, thinking that I was resting because I was resting from ministry work, but I wasn't resting with God. The quality of my Sabbath wasn't up to par with the quality of work I was trying to give God. I wasn't resting enough. I wasn't resting with the, with the right substance to fill my cup to be able to come out and, and give God my best work. You know, we forget something very key in Genesis chapter 2. In Genesis chapter 2, God doesn't just make it a day of rest. He made it holy. It's a holy day of rest, meaning that it requires rest that honors God. Maybe you're resting, but your rest isn't God honoring. Maybe you're filling your tank every Saturday when you don't have to go to work, but your spiritual tank has yet to be filled. God requires a holy, somebody say holy, holy holy day of rest. Now, if you decide to go home and and read up on the Sabbath, you're going to find... You're going to find, you know, in the Old Testament, it was a religious day. It was observed with many, many rules. If you violated any of those rules, it was punishable by death. It was also a day that was on a Saturday, so not a Sunday. You know, this, this is not really the observance that we're talking about, okay, where, where you can't carry a certain amount of weight, right, where you can't walk a certain amount of distance. That was, that was sabbatical law in the Old Testament. What we're talking about is God's design for humanity, No human can go without rest, but the quality of your rest is what God desires to be at your best because it means a pouring of himself in you. And maybe you're finding yourself tired this morning. 
Maybe you're tired. Maybe, you've, maybe you're frustrated. Maybe you're easily agitated. Maybe you've hit a plateau in your ministry or, or your spiritual growth and you haven't been able to get to that next level in your relationship with God. You're not hearing from God anymore. You're not seeing the hands of God like you were before. Maybe it's because you're doing all the work. You're doing all the work. I said it earlier. Shabbat is our, is our word for Sabbath and it translates cease and desist. Somebody say stop. stop. Oh, yeah, 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 I didn't all participate. Say it again. Stop. Somebody, you, sometimes you got you to gotta get serious with yourself, man. You got to sink your teeth in, into it. Stop. Stop. Someone say it one more time. Stop. And, and, and some of you know exactly what you need to be stopping on. You got to tell yourself, stop. Stop working. What? That's counterintuitive. Nobody says that. No, not, not in America. Bro, you better get your butt to work. Sometimes you need to stop working and watch. Stop working and observe. Maybe you've been working for so long, focusing on your craft, that you haven't learned that there's another way now. There's a better way. There's a more efficient way. Stop working and learn for a minute. Maybe, maybe you've already completed the work that God had for you in one season, but because you're such a perfectionist and you want everything to be just, just perfect and you want to dot every T and every I and, and, and cross every T and dot every I, not working, you, you've just been working long enough to not be able to look up and, and, and notice that God is saying, stop, stop, pause, you're done. Take a break because I am trying to prepare you for the next level, the next level of your ministry, your next calling, your next anointing. Stop being such a perfectionist. Stop working for a moment and rest so that I can refuel you. Stop talking. That was hard for some of y'all. Stop talking and listen. How can you hear from God if you're the one talking all the time? And you got some people who like to talk, man. They talk about everything. They talk, they talk about their problems, and they can talk about their problems all day. They can write a book about themselves, and it'd be like a thousand pages long, and it's just called The Problems of My Life. <laughs> and you read that book to God all the time. You haven't stopped to actually hear from God. You haven't stopped to see if there is a solution that God is trying to give you. Sometimes you talk just because you have an opinion. Oh, if you have something to say, you're going to say it. And the Holy Spirit is saying, hold on, stop for a second and listen. Because you, you just talk to argue. And, and when you listen, you're just thinking about what you're going to say next. Listen. To what other people are saying. Listen to the concerns that other people have. Listen to the pain that they have. Listen. Sometimes you don't have to give your opinion. Sometimes people just want to talk to you. What if we just stop talking and listen, cease and desist? I don't think we like to rest because it means putting a halt on progress, right? If I'm resting, I'm not doing. If I'm not doing, nothing is happening. If nothing is happening, then I'm going to stop receiving a, a, a paycheck at work and, and I might not have food to feed my family. I might not have to be, uh, the ability to pay rent. 
You know what rest tells God? It says, God, I trust you. I trust you. To rest requires faith in God. When was the last time you truly honored the Sabbath? Like, like, like you took a day not to do something for him, but just to be with him and let him minister to you. Maybe even when you pray, you always pray for someone else. You're always praying for someone. When do you pray for yourself? When do, you, when do you just sit there in the presence of God and just be with him? Put on some worship music and just be in his presence. Sometimes you don't even have to say anything. Sometimes we're like, I don't want to get in the presence of God because I don't know what to say. Good. Good. Thank God you didn't write the Bible. Just listen. Just be in his presence. When was the last time? When was the last time? And maybe you're saying, Pastor, I don't know how to do this. And so sometimes laying it down practically, uh, practically helps. So let me give you two things real quick. When we look at, at the times that Jesus rested, number one, we see solitude. Solitude. Jesus would spend alone time with God. Talking to God and hearing from his Father. This can be done in prayer. This can be done through his word. This can be done in worship. You can put a worship song on, just let the spirit, your spirit commune with his. You can, you can edify your spirit. Anything that would edify, anything that would bring you closer to God, just find a place to be alone with God. Just like you need alone time with your spouse, you need alone time with God because that's where intimacy happens. And, and you know, we finally got the kids, our girls out of our room. And now, amen, sister, yes. We sleep up, you know, they sleep upstairs. And, and, and so it's just done just, just a transformative work in my, in my sleep life. Now I'm sleeping better, you know, slightly better because Layla still comes down at like 3 a.m. But, but it, it's, it's just, I love it. I love putting the kids to bed and, and having my alone time with my wife, aside from the reasons that y'all are thinking, dirty minds. I just love, like, what, what I love the most is just our nightly chats. When we started, when we started doing that, when they finally went to their room, <laughs> I felt like we, we had, Layla, six, six years of life to catch up on. <laughs> and it was beautiful. And we got so much closer because I was able to tell her some things that I wasn't able to tell her any other time. She was, I mean, and, and we would stay up till like, one in the morning, and I know that's not late for some of y'all, but it's really late for me. Really late. And we're just there enjoying each other's company and having conversations that we could not have had if we hadn't had that solitude. You need to get alone with God. You need to get alone with God. Corporate prayer is great, but there's some things that you're not going to say in front of your brother that you would if it was just you and God. Get alone time with God. It's that serious. You need it. Jesus would often find solitude with God. And the second thing, we see fellowship. Fellowship. You say, what would you talk about fellowship? Jesus would find time to rest with people. He would go off by himself, but he would also come back and rest with his disciples. Don't, don't think that you need to take an entire day by yourself somewhere secluded, right? Fellowship honors God. Relationships build. They edify. Get yourself relationships that build and edify. Man, get yourself out of those dramatic relationships, okay? 
Get, get, get out of that. If, if you've got a, a group of friends that every time you're with them, they just stir up some emotions, get, just leave. Give them a break and get some relationships that will actually edify your spirit where you can have godly conversations and, and, and you're, not, you're not having to worry. You don't have, there's no agenda there. You're just talking. You're just edifying. You're learning and, and, and you're being poured into. Mm. You know, I enjoy my, my, my time with my, my family. And a lot of ministers don't have time with their family. But that's important. That honors God. Being present with your children, that honors God. Because God has made himself present with us. If we're made in his image, we should also be present with our children. Spend time with your family. Teach your kids. Answer all of their millions of nonsensical questions. That honors God. I'm about to close and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dismiss the people that are going to get baptized this morning. But I just want to leave you with a couple things. I really believe that God is calling us to rethink Sabbath, man. Rethink Sabbath. Because, because the way that we have naturally thought about rest is unplugging and disconnecting from the world, from work, from social media. But unfortunately, we also unplug from God. And that's not the type of rest that God is asking for. Disconnecting from God means to close the lid of your cup of which God pours into. When you go on vacation, somebody listen. When you go on vacation, you listen. everybody listening? Everybody listening? When you go on vacation, take your Bible. Pray. Come on, Pastor, I'm on vacation, man. Give me a break. When you go on vacation, take God with you. Amen? Because there's times where I come back from vacation, and I, I love vacation, but I come back and I, and I miss y'all. I miss the church. I miss my family. I miss my friends. I miss Whataburger. I miss all types of things. You know, I, I miss everything. I should never come back from vacation missing God. I should never be taking a break from God. The quality of your spiritual output, your relationship with God, your faith in God, the fruit of the Spirit is all determined by the quality of what you're filled with when you're not working. Matthew eleven twenty eight. I'm going to close with this. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. Jesus makes an invitation. He says, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and what? I will give you rest. I will do it. Come to me, all who labor, all who are heavy laden, all who are tired, all who are frustrated, all who are weakened, and I will give you rest. You've tried to find it elsewhere. You tried a spa day. That didn't work. You tried it on vacation. That lasted a week. You tried it in comfort food. You tried it in Netflix. All of that did was delay the tiredness that is in your soul. He says, take up my yoke. Learn from me. In other words, let me pour into you. For I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus is inviting us this morning to rest 
in him. He's inviting us to learn from him, but it all requires us being with him. And I want to invite you this morning. This, this is, and this isn't the place to do it. Like uh, this isn't the place to replace your actual rest, but, but I want you to stand this morning and I want us just to find rest in the presence of God. Because I believe we are living in a season of tiredness. We are living in a season of frustration. We are living in a season where the strength that we had yesterday is not, is not here today. And God is like, I just need to give you rest. Let me refuel you. Let me give you life. Let me pour into you. Let me give you words of wisdom. Let me give you words of instruction. Let me give you words of exhortation. Let me give you words of encouragement. Just, just let me, let me pour into you. Learn how to rest. Learn how to rest. Learn how to rest because the work you do is so important. The work you do is so important. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at mynumachurch. Thanks again and God bless.